Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. That's all you need or from your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast, and it's all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, you thought I was kidding with uh, Jim getting Wally Pip. This is the wrap-up show with John and Ben Fadden on this Monday evening. Ben, the good luck charm as the Padres snap that 10-game slide at Coors. will be with you for the next hour as you make your way in, as always. We ask that you subscribe. That's the only thing we ask you to do. Um, we ask that you subscribe if you are a Padres fan. We'll tell you more about Ben Fadden's Talking Friars channel coming up in a moment as well. We ask that you subscribe to that as well as he helps us out on this Monday night because Jim is soft and on a date. Uh, please hit the notification bell for us. Please smash the like button for us tonight as well. Please follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer at Talking Friars. We're not promoting Jim tonight. At John Schaefer at Talking Friars. Uh, a great way to support this channel, supporting both uh, this channel and Ben Fadden's channel, is to consider a super function. You can click that dollar sign down below if you want to make sure to get your comment in here tonight by hitting the super chat function. We'll get to all the supers here tonight. And you can also join this channel. There's a join button down below next to the subscribe button. So, Jim, I've been running around. I said, Jim, Ben, I've been running around all night. Um, Padres find a way. This was not easy. Even with three home runs, this was not easy. Taylor Rogers made it hairy. Um, but first of all, man, thanks for hanging out. And what are your impressions on a, a game one win for the Padres in Colorado? Thanks for having me. Yeah. First off, Jim is soft. Um, and, uh, yeah, my impressions <laughs> with this game is the offense, at least the top half of the offense showed up. Crony had a big day. 
Uh, Abrams had maybe his best game in a Padre uniform. Great on defense, had that home run. Manny hit an absolute bomb. So the top half of that lineup showed up. Uh, but And then it was Taylor Rogers. just It's a big question mark. You know, the Padres have had a big history of having great closers. And I'm not saying Taylor Rogers isn't one. Obviously, he was great at the beginning of the year. But he, his last five appearances, he's allowed five runs. Or excuse me, last five appearances, he's allowed seven runs. Hasn't had a scoreless appearance yet this month. I mean, it needs to improve. And Nabil Chrismat, after tonight, his ERA is under two. Hmm. When are they going to start thinking about having Chrismat maybe pitch those ninth innings? And Or maybe they don't do that. Maybe they just do like a Josh Hader role or they do a Andrew Miller role back with the Indians days where they just have him pitch against the best guys. You have Chrismat go up against Blackman and Crone guys like that, and then if the situation presents itself in the ninth inning where it's easier, guys, maybe you go Rodgers then. But right now, Rodgers is not the best reliever in this bullpen right now. I agree with you. Before before we get into this game, and again, thanks for hanging out, guys. We see you making your way into the chat. Please subscribe. Please, if you want to make sure we get your comments tonight, there's going to be a zillion comments. You can use that super function. Please consider joining this channel as well for custom emojis and badges and members-only content. So before we get started, I'm trying to pull up your page, Ben, on YouTube. I'm going to put a link into the chat. Uh, for our viewers that are here that aren't familiar with Talking Friars, why don't you tell them about uh, what you're doing day in, day out? Yeah, so I got the YouTube channel, which you just mentioned, uh, just Talking Friars on YouTube. Uh, and Daily Padres content there, uh, series reactions, Pre-game shows before every game, post-game reactions, uh, just like a minute after every game. I already have that up for tonight. Uh, and then on Twitter, I'm huge, or hugely active on Twitter there, uh, at Talking Friars, at Talking Friars for all the social media stuff. Uh, I have the highlights, not just highlights, but some lowlights as well during Padre games that I'm not at. Uh, bullpen usage charts, a lot, a lot of Padres content. Uh, and, uh, you know, during the day, throughout the day, posting some stats, all that stuff. And I love interacting with Padre fans. And I've had a lot of Padre fans uh, run into me at the ballpark and talk to me. So that's been great. And I really appreciate all the support there. And I want to give a shout out real quick to John and Jim. I know we give Jim a lot of crap <laughs> on here, but they had me in the studio the other week. I hope I can come in probably during the All-Star break. We'll see if we can get that done. But uh, they didn't have to do that. And they allowed me to go in. and sit in on their show and i really really appreciate that uh and so shout out to them and then shout out to all you guys uh, in the comments uh you guys are huge for their channel i know that they talk about that every night uh and so yeah i appreciate you having me on well first of all ben i i appreciate what you are doing in this community i just put a link to ben's youtube channel please subscribe if you don't already i know he'd love to get over 1,000 subscribers he's pushing 1,000 right now he's doing great work he really is he's doing incredible work for padres fans i was joking today i felt bad ben i'll be honest with you because i we were joking today about the power rankings and i just like off the cuff was like who's coming up with these power rankings like ben and darren's producer and jim and my dog and my wife. I was basically saying, who the hell cares? Like, what even are power rankings? Yeah. Uh, but Ben really does incredible work. So we're going to talk all night. Ben knows as much about the Padres as, as we all do, as anyone does. So let's get into it. And again, if you want to make sure we get your comment, you can use that super function. So my, my takeaways here are, it's been a house of horrors, Ben. 
any way you can win is a good win, especially the way they're playing, especially with this banged up offense to hit three home runs, something they've done three times all year, which is really incredible because they've lacked that slug all season. And for CJ Abrams to have a big moment, I thought that was pretty big for this team as well. And then they found they found a way to win. We will get into Rogers. Is it a problem? I think it is. Um, the bullpen in general has had some shaky moments. There's no question about it. And the offense on the whole has not been great, although it's hard to discount what they did tonight scoring those six runs. I know they weren't great with men in scoring position other than the Abrams hit. Um, but it's it's hard to be critical, and we will be tonight, I'm sure. But when you win in a place you don't win, and when you need to just get into the all-star break, maybe going four and three here, this is a nice way to start it off, wouldn't you think? Yeah, they got their 50th win this year. And, you know, you talk about the offense. They scored one run in those last two games of that yeah. Giants series. Like, and going into this matchup, I was kind of saying on my pregame show, like, this this uh, pitcher for the Rockies, Urania today, yeah. like, that start that he had against the Dodgers last time out, like, six-plus innings, gave up, I think, one run. He's been pitching well uh, for the Rockies. And so it felt like it was going to be tough going in, didn't know – how the guys were going to play at Coors Field, but they got on him early. I think that was a big key with in that first inning, Crony having the single, um, and then obviously starting it off after Crony. Who was the two hitter today? It was uh, was it Manny? Was it not Manny? Manny? Yeah, I was gonna say right? Manny. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then um, Mazzara or Mazzara yep. had the double. Voight had the sack fly. Mm-hmm. Just finding a way to produce a run. You know, I know we want the power of bat and all that, and I'm sure AJ's going to be looking for that, but not every run's going to come on power. I know three of them did, or three home runs today, but not every run is going to come on power. You got to be able to produce runs, and they showed that uh, in the first inning. You hope that they can do that consistently, consistently throughout the lineup, not just the top half of the lineup, but, I mean, I'll take it for tonight. No doubt. And again, thank you guys for hanging out. We're just getting started here on the wrap-up show. We'll tell you about our partnerships, including with our title sponsor, Mark Nimitz, in a moment. And again, we appreciate the Supers as they roll in. I want to get to the first Super of the night. Again, if you want to weigh in with a Super and make sure we see your comment and interact with it, you can hit that dollar sign down below. Again, Ben Fadden in for Jim, who is on a Monday date night, which I consider to be somewhat suspect. Who's dating anyone on a Monday? Padres are playing. Anyway. Uh, let's start with our buddy 619 Cam. And Cam, thank you as always for your membership and for your super here tonight. So this is what Cam says. It was ugly, but I'll take it. And maybe it's a start to a good last week before the break. Welcome, Ben. And always love the show, John. Cam, we really do appreciate your viewership and your listenership and your support. All you guys hanging out with us. We greatly appreciate it. Myself, Talking Friars, Ben, with us here tonight. Here are my thoughts. We can get into this more. We touched on it briefly. This final week is not the week to get greedy, really. We'd all take it. I mean, take six and one, seven and oh, five and two. That's great. But if you can get a split here, if you can take two of three from Arizona, if you can get to the all star break 12 games over 500 or better, you've done good work on the whole for the better part of 100 games in the absence of Fernando Tatis Jr. with injuries in your offense right now, with the Manny Machado ankle situation. With adversity, Bob Melvin's been in and out as manager even this year. Um, they've had adversity. And is it the best team in baseball right now? It's not. Have the Dodgers run away a little bit in the NOS? They have. But, Ben, we can't, we can't concern ourselves unless you disagree with what the Dodgers are doing. The Padres need to put themselves in a position to get in the postseason. And if that means winning the NOS, great. If it means just getting in and taking your chances, I think that that's hard to complain about as well at this point. Yeah, because – 
you talk about the Dodgers, the Padres and the Dodgers, they've had two separate scenarios and two totally different situations. The Dodgers, yeah, they were without Mookie for, I think, a few weeks with the rib injury or a couple weeks, however long that was. But the Padres, they've been out without Tatis for the entire year for, you know, up till now uh, and probably for the rest of the month, I would think. They've been out with Profar or without Profar after the concussion. Hopefully he's doing good. He's in the clubhouse and all that. They've been without their eighth inning guy probably in Drew Pomerantz. They don't have Jose Castillo up here, which still doesn't make sense, but he's not up. Hmm. Uh, Michelle Baez isn't up. They, I think they've been late, to be honest, in pulling up Ruiz, who's on the taxi squad now. Uh, there were some times during the season where Gore had some bad starts as well and put him in holes. Same with Snell. So they've faced some big adversity this year. You talk about Bob Melvin. So, yeah, right now, what are they, like eight games back or something of the Dodgers for the division? Like, yeah, mm -hmm. you, you can't worry about that right now. Maybe you can worry about that in September when it feels like they play them 30 times. But right now, it means nothing. It, what means something is winning the games that you can win, the games that the Dodgers would win, and trying to keep pace with them and keep that wild card spot because right now, Things are getting closer and closer for every, you know, two and eight stretch, every series split when you should have won a series that happens with the Padres right now. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's well said. I really do. Um, I have this like, you know, I put my head on the pillow. This might sound stupid, but, I, you know, when, when they're playing bad baseball, you're thinking right back to 2021. It just wasn't far it's just not far enough away for me not to think about what happened. And I think about a 2021 team that was 15 over 500 after the all-star break and still had that collapse. Now, was it different? Yeah, it was. I mean, this pitching's better. There's no question. Was that lineup better? I would say it was based on where we are right now. Was the postseason structure different? It was. Only five teams are going from the National League this year. Six teams are going to go. So if they can get into the break 12 games over or better, I'm going to feel good about where they are. You know, and could they be better than that? Absolutely. Could they be worse than that? Absolutely. And I want to get to this from Kevin because I know you tweeted this out immediately after it happened. I saw it on Twitter. I didn't see it live. Uh, Trent Grisham's defense has really left a lot to be desired. I'm surprised, to be honest with you. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks stretch where it's misplay after misplay, and they've been very costly. I mean, it's not one base misplays. It's two, three, four base misplays he's had in the outfield. Uh, if you didn't see it, Ben has it on his Twitter page, at Talking Friars. Ben, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, he was shallow to begin with. He got a poor read on a ball that literally just went by him to his side. A very rare play for a center fielder to have a ball go off to his side that is almost misplayed and goes all the way to the wall. It's such a cavernous yard, obviously, course field as well. What do you say to the way that Grisham is playing now, not just in the field, but also offensively? Yeah, I mean, starting in the field. So, yeah, I have that video up on my Twitter, and I'm not – I know this is a dumb comparison, but it's the comparison I can think of. Mm -hmm. I played high school uh, baseball, played center field at Helix, and I was a defensive first center fielder. And okay. during batting practice, whenever line drives were hit to center, that feels like it's the worst feeling ever. You always go back. Like, that's what I did, at least. I always went back on the ball, and then I can always go in. And I wasn't someone that played super shallow because uh, it's easier to go in on balls than it yep. is back. And that doesn't seem what Trent Grisham's doing right now. It feels like, and this might be on, uh, who is it, Masias or whoever the outfield coach is. Right. I know he's not there right now, but whoever the outfield coach is and with the alignment, 
maybe they're aligning him shallow and want him to play shallow, but they got to play him farther back. It's just not working right now. Like this play today, I, I didn't see the at the second angle if they showed it because I was just clipping that first angle, mm-hmm. but it was those balls either go back on it or if you're going to go straight sideways toward it like that, how about you put your glove out or try to dive for it? Like, that's what I would do. You know, if it's going to get past you, it's going to the wall. It's going to be a triple anyway, even if you dive for it and miss it. So why not try to do that instead of pretty much just, it looked like a joke, to be honest, when he's doing that. Like, there's that. And then offensively, obviously, with his OPS at like 600 or something. Or under, right? Yeah, batting average at, what, under 200? Yeah, Thank you for the Padres for bringing up Esther Ruiz to at least the taxi squad because they might need him tomorrow. If you know, I'm not saying you send Grisham down, but sure, get put him on the bench a little bit. No, no I, I think your point is valid. I mean, here's the thing, Ben, and you watch more of this than than anyone does. I mean, you're watching every pitch and every game and every out. Um, I have no idea what he's doing so shallow there. And maybe that's because of some defensive alignment. And he plays a shallow center, in my opinion, too shallow of a center at times. And he's been beat with balls over his head. He's also had just some weird misplays. To be that shallow in a ballpark that's that cavernous against a hitter that's as quality as Charlie Blackman, to me, just makes absolutely no sense. Now, with all that being said, he's in perfect position just to make a play. If he gets any read on the ball, and there's factors maybe. I don't know if it's the sun setting, if it's glare-related. He's not playing there every single day. I mean, there's a zillion things. They could just ask him. I mean, maybe there's a reason. I'm sure there's a legitimate reason. Um, and, and then also just, it's just weird. I, I watch him, then the ball gets by him, and he's not even in a sprint to the center field wall. You know, he's in a quickened jog to get after the ball to the center field wall. It's just, I don't know. I watch his game sometimes defensively, and I'm amazed that he won a gold glove. I mean, I really am. I am unbelievably shocked. That he well, guess what happened? Guess what happened during that gold glove season? Okay, there was a lot of plays that he made when he dove. That's what I yeah. remember at least. I from do remember games that, that I watched. A I lot know. of diving plays. Was that 2020 the diving play that he made in San Francisco in the right center gap? That one he stands did. out to me. Yeah, like he made those plays. And I've said this to multiple people just watching Grisham in center field this year. It feels like he thinks he's Manny, like being cool like Manny mm-hmm. and being smooth like that. But he's not that great at defense compared to Manny. You know, I know it's two different positions, but it feels like he's being a little relaxed and needs more urgency out there. All right, we're going to get into the win. I mean, there's a lot of things that we like out of this game. There's some things we can discuss that didn't go well, like Trent Grisham's play there. Also, like, um, you know, uh, Taylor Rogers there. Taylor Rogers in the... uh, in that ninth inning. Sorry, trying to do multiple things here at once. Before we get going, thank you guys for the Supers. I'm going to get to the Supers again in a moment. We do want to remind our viewers about our partnership with Mark Nimitz and Farmers Insurance. He's the title sponsor of the wrap-up show here on YouTube. Mark is currently in Hawaii, which means he's enjoying both Hawaii and a Padres win. This evening, if you have auto, home, renters, or life insurance needs, please consider Mark Nimitz. Also, also earthquake insurance needs. Uh, he can save you $750 on your insurance. Simple as that. You switch to Mark Nimitz. He can save you $750 or more on your insurance. Uh, I have my homeowners and my earthquake insurance through Mark. I recently had a claim in here. He saved me thousands of more dollars because of the claim. And he made the process super simple and easy. And he got us back into our house literally in no time. I mean, this could have taken months and months and months. 
and he shaved so much time off of the experience for myself and my family. So we thank Mark immensely for that. But whatever it is, auto home, renter's life, earthquake, if you own an electric vehicle, he can save you money. He's just got great service and communication. And best of all, he's a huge Padres fan. That's a San Diegan. So if you're a San Diegan, if you support this channel, if you want to support a local business as well, please consider our buddy Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. To get to his site, there is a link down below for Mark. Click on that link down below. You can get a quote from his website in just minutes. Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance, the title sponsor of the wrap-up show. And Mark, we greatly appreciate your support of this channel. All right, I want to get back to the chat. Did you see this? Get... Hang on one second. Yeah, Did you, you see this from uh, Mark Nimitz? He uh, replied, I think, to one of your tweets uh, when you talked about the Grisham play today. Okay. And he said, unacceptable trade him. I wonder what is, what do you think, Ben? And listen, Mark's a lot like most Padres fans, which is he's fanatical, which I love. I mean, you get, you know, you're high with the wins and you're low with the losses. Um, you know, I've been critical of Trent Grisham this year as well. I mean, what would Trent Grisham return at this point with the year he's had and even the 2021 he had? He's controllable, but I don't know how much value he really has in the open market or at the deadline. I mean, what and, do you uh, think yeah, he would return? Not a whole lot. I think. Yeah. Another thing that the Padres, or at least if I'm looking at it from Preller's standpoint and his viewpoint, I would think that he's like, well, what if Ruiz doesn't do good? Or even if he does, we're still thin on outfielders right now. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you call Ruiz up, you rather have a Zokar on the team over Grisham. Like, if you trade Grisham, so a Zokar is going to be playing a lot. I know he's been playing right now a lot already, but he's not looking great either. Correct. I mean, here's the thing. If you're moving Grisham, you better have a plan that isn't even Estuary Ruiz. You know, I mean, Ruiz, we have no idea. I mean, he's a triple-A player right now that's had an amazing minor league season, but you got to have a major league caliber center fielder to replace Trent Grisham. Now, maybe they could go acquire one. I think that's possible. I don't know if it's probable. Who are those? It's Brian Reynolds, who that's not going to happen. He went on think. the IL today. And then Ian Happ, right? Those exactly. are the two guys that stand out. And Happ's not a rental. Yeah. And nor is Reynolds. So you're right. It's not going to be an easy acquisition. That might be the reason why Shrank Grisham is playing center field in the second half of the year for the Padres, even though it's not ideal. Uh, let's get to Alex. Alex, thank you for the super. Thank you guys for hanging out. As you make your way into the chat, please subscribe to both this channel and also Talking Friars. We put a link earlier in the chat to check out Ben Fadden's page that's dedicated to the Padres as well. Please make sure to smash the like button for us. Follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer, also at uh, Talking Friars. And again, if you want to make sure we get your comment or see it and interact with it, you can hit that dollar sign down below to weigh in with a super, which is a great way to support this channel and Ben's as well. So Alex says this, say CJ hits 280, going up, Ruiz does something to you by the deadline. You think it will make AJ trade Grish and or Crone with them being blocked. Here's the thing. I don't think Crone is really blocked because he plays multiple positions. You can move him to first. Um, so if CJ hits, I think you play CJ and Cronenworth at the same time. In, in regards to Grisham, I think there is a scenario where he can lose playing time to an Azokar or a Ruiz or someone based on performance. But in regards to Cronenworth, I'm riding with Cronenworth, in my opinion. I, I feel as if, Ben, you're going to say the same thing. I, I think he's a key contributor. Has it been the best year? Maybe not. But has he been productive? Yeah. He's had some very productive moments, including tonight. Tonight, nothing more evident than what he did tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. That's not going to happen with Cronenworth being blocked anywhere. Uh, he's going to play first base if this scenario happens. 
Hosmer would be on the bench or DHing, uh, you know, at some point. Cronenworth, we saw it tonight. We've seen it numerous times, which I love. We've seen it numerous times already the past week, two weeks, where Bob Melvin has put Cronenworth in the game and taken Hosmer out. He's gonna. He's very comfortable mm-hmm. with putting Cronenworth at first base. Personally, right now, Cronenworth's the best first baseman on this roster, and he doesn't even play first base. That's not his position. So his versatility, he can play short, can play second, can play first. He's been great in the shift. He's hitting two or three in your lineup pretty much this entire season. And, you know, people that saw my Twitter, I got to meet Crony the other day, and so I might be a little biased, but I'm looking at the numbers too. Like, this guy, he's very, very valuable to this team. He's, he, if there's someone that's going to be blocked, him and Manny, those seem like two guys that are easily not going to be blocked anywhere on this roster. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, Cronenworth, listen, offensive numbers around baseball have been down. Mm-hmm. So Cronenworth is probably not going to have a quote-unquote career year. I mean, even if he spends, you know, six, seven, eight years in a Padres uniform, if not more, maybe this won't be his best offensive season. But he's productive defensively. He's had moments offensively. And he's helped them win some games here, including tonight. You're not winning tonight without Jake Cronenworth. I mean, there's no scenario where you win tonight, not to mention the defensive play he made. That ranging play uh, was a really – it was a heck of a play. It really was here today. So, Alex, as always, thank you for the super. I want to get to this one from our buddy Michael, who's in Mexico. Thank you, Michael, for your membership and the chat here tonight. So this is a good point. I I do not disagree. When you put it this way, Michael, I don't disagree. Uh, He says Grisham has trade value. He's 25. He's won a gold glove. He's a former first-rounder. He's got years of team control, and even last year had an above-average offensive year. Not saying he'd return a fortune, but he has value. And you're probably right. You're probably right, Michael. Who does this also sound like? (laughs) Who does this also sound like? This would also sound like... It's currently a Padre? Yes. (laughs) Who am I missing right under my nose? Eric Hosmer. Oh well, he, Hosmer's not. I know he doesn't. Oh, I know he doesn't have like trade value, but you're literally. Well, he is controllable because he's under yeah, contract for the next like, three at, years. But controllable at that low number. Gold like, glove winner, years of team control, and for some people, pick. yeah, there's some people that you know continue to say, "Oh, this guy's having an okay offensive year." It's not like he's being terrible. He's not a liability. I had Alana Rizzo on uh, from Emily Network the other day, and she tried to make that argument. It's like. Watch him on defense. He is a liability, you know? Like mm-hmm. So Grisham, yes, he has more trade value than Hosmer. But a lot of those characteristics there, that, that sounds like Hosmer. Fair, fair. But I'll say this. Hosmer's in his 30s. Grisham's in his 20s. Grisham makes, what, 900K a year. Hosmer makes 20 million. So there's reasons to acquire Trent Grisham. There's, very, there's no reason to acquire a Hosmer unless you're getting yeah. prospects attached to him, you know? All right, let's get to uh, Thank you, Michael, again for the super. I want to get to this one from our buddy Christopher Wright. Michael, thank you for the super. As always, thanks for hanging out with us in the chat here tonight. Thank you for your support. Um, okay, so he says it's ugly. Ugly wins turn into losses in time. It was not pretty. No, it, it wasn't. And give Colorado some credit there late as well for not quitting on the game. I was a little surprised, to be honest with you. Rogers pitched to Crone. He fell behind 2-0. He then threw a 294 mile per hour fastball middle or middle in that Nomar Mazar could have made a play on, by the way, and right. It would have been a hell of a play. But then I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, he didn't make this play. You know, Crone's coming through. And then Crone, to Rogers' credit, got out of that spot. But man, 
you are playing with fire, Ben, right? I mean, in that ninth inning, Crone in the batter's box, tying run at second, winning run in the batter's box. Like, you can't do that every single night and expect to win every single night. That's for sure. Yeah, and that fly ball to right field down that line, it was uh, Azokar in right field there or Mazzara? It was Mazzara. Okay, yeah, Mazzara. When you miss that, it feels like it's like, okay, there's that opportunity. Yep. You know, don't give them another opportunity here. You know, it always feels like when there's pop-ups in foul territory that are dropped, you know, you give them another pitch to hit, and, you know, he hits an extra base hit. and But they they got the win. I You know, that's all that matters. Um, but you obviously hope that tomorrow's win, if they get a win, is, you know, 6-3 instead of 6-5 <laughs> with, you know, Rodgers kind of crumbling there uh, at the end, like he's pretty much been doing for this month, this entire yeah. month. And then who was up? Who was up at the ninth inning? Um, it was well. Joe. Joe had the double. Uh, Blackman had the hanging breaking. Or the no, I'm sorry. Who was up in the bullpen? Who was up in the bullpen? Didn't the Padres have someone up at the ninth inning? Um, uh, behind Rogers, I think that they had someone throwing in the ninth inning there, and I forget who it if was. If it was, I would probably guess it would have been like Garcia. Yeah, it must have been Garcia. I, I just saw it out of the corner of my eye. Someone was throwing, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting that maybe I thought if Crone reached, that that would be it for Rodgers in that spot, and that's very possible. Well, yeah, because if Crone reached, I mean, you're in real, real danger. I mean, <laughs> really they were are. already in danger, but, yeah, if you're if Crone reaches, like that's the game right there. No doubt. Uh, let's get to the super from Jesse, our buddy Jesse Mendoza in Hawaii, like Mark Nimitz, the title sponsor of the wrap-up show. Jesse, thank you for the super. Jesse says, we were the better team. Rodgers just almost blew it. Yeah, I think that's accurate tonight. Padres never trailed in this game, scored in the first inning. Ben, like you talked about earlier, hit three home runs, Manny included, Cronenworth, C.J. Abrams showing off a little bit of power as well. Yeah, I do think the Padres outplayed the Rockies here tonight, but we all know that's not necessarily what matters, <laughs> you know. Padres have had some late leads that they've lost this year. They've also had some comeback wins this season as well. As well. To your point, Ben, it's like at the end of the year, we'll never circle this game. It's just a win, you know? I mean, you'll circle a couple of losses maybe, and potentially those losses are the reason why you are out or a couple of wins are the reason why you are in. But this is just one of 162 over the course of a year, especially when you win it, and it's the middle of July, and you're just trying to hold on until the All-Star break. Kind of feels like they have a lot of these. Yeah. Was it wasn't there a stat uh, during the game during the broadcast uh, that they said that the Padres had like the third best record in baseball this year in one run games or something mm, like they're in a, yeah. a lot a lot mm -hmm. and and some of them like tonight they shouldn't have been in a one run game in that ninth inning it should have been bigger um, and so yeah the bullpen is obviously going to be something that's going to be talked about and everyone wants a bat and. There's more holes on this roster than, you know, just getting one bat. Um, you could talk about Adrian Morajon returning possibly this series. I know he's on the taxi squad. Michelle Baez, Jose Castillo, a bunch of guys. Um, there's no guarantee that those guys pitch great when they come back either. I mean, it's great that they're coming back. And to be honest, I, why do we still have Stammen on the team when he's going to be out for a while now? Um, but there's a lot of holes still. Yeah, there are a ton of holes. I mean, I, I do agree with that. And I don't even know where you start. You know, do you necessarily, you know, I might have to start now 
from the end of a game and work backwards. I mean, good teams have to have effective closers. Simple as that. The closer situation here, it's one thing if it's a blip and it's three consecutive outings over the course of a really good year. Mark Melanson never went through something like this last year. Never, ever, ever. He may have had two or three bad outings in a row, but never beyond that. This guy, Taylor Rogers, has been, a, you know, I mean, I make that trade 100 out of 100 times and has had his moments, has a 9 ERA. I don't have it in front of me, but essentially a 9 ERA since May 28th. And that's not good enough for a team of this caliber. So it has to be addressed, you would think, because the wheels have fallen off with Taylor Rogers. And I don't trust his slider and his fastball is hittable right now. And then from there, um, you hope to get healthier in your bullpen. I think they can. Offensively, I don't know where you start. You know, I had Dan Zimborski on today from Fangraphs. He says, well, I think you have to start with an outfielder because they just have to get more production out of those three positions in general. They just have to do it. So outfield, obviously. I, I think you could make a case for certainly upgrading at first, however that is, if it's Corona Worth or a first baseman that you're upgrading with. Um, you know, starting pitching, you could even talk about that because the Mackenzie Gore situation, I don't know what they're going to do with him in the second half of the year. Mike Clevenger coming off Tommy John. Nick Martinez, you know, has been a guy that's gone back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen. Like, I don't think you can go wrong with adding starting pitching, but if you were adding one thing right now, Ben, if you could only add one thing, what would you add and why? Okay, so here I'll ask this. If I was AJ Preller, where's what's my payroll at? Am I going to be able mm -hmm. to clear salary with other teams, or am I just going with the million and a half that they have room right now? Because if I'm doing that, it might be one of those relievers because relievers cost less than those outfielders or a catcher. And, mm -hmm. you know, like – you can try Chris Matt right now to be the closer uh, and just see how that goes. Kind of like the Padres maybe trying Esther Ruiz in center so that they don't have to have Tatis there when he returns just to see, make sure that works uh, and just use this time for that. I would personally go there, uh, but I was saying this on the pregame show. Like everyone can say they want Brian Reynolds or Josh sure. Bell. First of all, how many first basements do you need? Uh, I mean, I, I like Josh Bell, but like, that's going to be a problem at some point. Uh, you need two sides to tango here, and so what are the cub? What do the Cubs want for Wilson Contreras? Is that is Luis Camposano and someone else? Is that enough? I don't think so. What about Ian Happ, who has I think years, multiple years of control? There's going to be other teams that are interested in him. The Yankees are interested in Andrew Benintendi. Like, yeah, we'd all love to have this fantasy team, but. The Padres right now, part of it's Preller's fault. Um, you know, they just don't have a lot of room to work. So I think we got to know what Seidler is willing to do. Is Peter Seidler willing to go over? Right now, I don't think he is. If he's not willing to go over, okay, then now you got to look at teams that are willing to take on these contracts, Lamette maybe, someone like that, and you attach a prospect there to clear room so you can go add, uh, you know, a Josh Bell type contract where it's like five million the rest of the year or something like that um i think you said that very well by the way cam i'm not sure is anyone signed trevor rosenthal i don't believe so i, I don't think I, so i, I don't, I don't know why so they would do that though yeah like uh who is that a's really use mirror petite he still hasn't come up yet i have no yeah. idea what's going He's on been there. toiling somewhere in the minors yeah. um you know i i would say I would say this also about the payroll ben and i know you read this today i read this today i wasn't acutely familiar with this but it's not just dollars. You're also giving up picks by going over. 
Because yep. if they go over for a second consecutive year, they're giving up real picks. Their second pick and maybe their fifth or sixth pick in next year's draft. Like you're giving up pick 45. Like that's a real pick. I mean, you should hit on those picks. Not that they're hitting on all of them. And they've missed. And every team has. But teams have missed on pick number one. They're hitting um, on a lot of them. I'll say that. Yep. You know, we can bash Preller for trading away Ty France or for trading away Cal Quantrill. But this guy... He hits on a lot of his draft picks. Now, the developing, that is definitely something that is okay to bring up, and it's definitely a good argument or a good talking point. Yeah, this guy, this farm system, they just don't develop guys greatly. You know, totally understand that. But he's hit on a lot of guys. Abrams, Hassel, looks like he's on the Futures game roster this year. James Wood, uh, you know, Weathers, at some point he was hitting. I uh, hit on Quantro, obviously. Like he hits on guys, and so yeah, mm-hmm. these draft picks are very, very valuable. And so when you're messing with Preller's draft picks, that, that that's that's a problem. Right. It might just it might be as much Preller. Like we talk about, hey, is either going to go over this number? But like to our collective points here, does Preller want to give up picks in the future to try to win now? And you could look at that from two sides of the equation. Is he concerned about? his um, long-term future with this organization? Probably not. He signed through 2026. So if he's not concerned and the media is, what does he really care? If he's thinking about both the now and the future, then he might be hesitant to give up picks. If he's solely focused on the now, maybe he'd be willing to do that. The only way to avoid going over and make any sizable move, to your point, is getting rid of salary. The problem is their salary that they've spent is poorly spent, and none of those players this year are producing. Even if Hosmer was producing, it would be tough. Even if Myers was producing, maybe, final year of a deal. Uh, Pomerantz, we haven't seen him. Lamette, don't even get us started. It's not like he's making a fortune. You could save a couple of million dollars there. Um, you know, Jim has argued before, like a Hassan Kim-type move, which you know has some cost savings to it. You could argue, Jim made this point today on radio and yesterday, I think, on the wrap-up show. Those five combined to make, what, 60 to $70 million this year? If you didn't have any of those players in your organization, would you have an identical record this year? Probably, because you'd replace those five players with someone, and you'd probably have another 40 or $50 million to play with. But I don't know if they'll be able to move any of those players. I think they'll be able to move Lamette. That, that's my guess. I think someone would take a flyer on Lamette at that cost and say, I can, quote-unquote, fix him. I don't know about the rest. I keep bringing up Joey Gallo. Uh, I've been listening to some Yankee fans, and this last series against the Red Sox, they were not happy with the bullpen depth that they have. And so if they can say, hey, we've seen what Lamette was in 2020, uh, and when this guy isn't hurt, we think we can fix him. You know, because GMs are probably like us, right? If we were in the GM chair, we would say, hey, I think I can fix this guy. Joey Gallo is striking out every time that he comes to the plate. Why not give him to the other GM that loves this guy who is a former Ranger and we can bring in Lamette and look, that might turn out to be better for us speaking from the Yankees side than having Joey Gallo on the team when he, we know he's not going to have at bats for us in October, which the Yankees obviously are making October. They have a huge, huge lead on that division. Mm-hmm. So I keep thinking the Yankees there for Lamette, possibly. Uh, but yeah, teams are definitely going to say, I, I think we can fix Lamette. 
Um, there's a lot to get to. I want to get to this from Renee in a moment. Before we do that, I do want to remind our viewers about our brand new partnership with Omar Sanchez at Edge Home Finance. It is great to have Omar on board here on the channel. He is the newest partner of the wrap-up show. Uh, he's a huge supporter. He's a huge supporter of this channel. He is a huge Padres fan. He went to San Diego State. He's a San Diegan, and he is here to help all Padres fans with their mortgage. Simple as that. You can text Omar right now. You see the QR code on the screen, or you can text him literally right now. He is there for you, 619-387-7798. He's your San Diego native mortgage broker. Again, lifelong Padres fan, San Diego stater, lives and dies on the Padres like we all do. And whether you're looking to buy your dream home, he can help, or he can help you refinance to consolidate your debt. If you're in the process of buying or refinancing and you'd like a second opinion to make sure you're getting the best deal possible, just call or text Omar. He is there for you with a free consultation. If you're a realtor, Omar is looking for local partners as well. But again, he is here to help all Padres fans with their mortgage needs. Whether you want to get into the home of your dreams or you want to refinance to consolidate your debt, please consider our buddy Omar Sanchez at Edge Home Finance. Again, Omar Sanchez, 619-387-7798. I meant to take that comment down during this. That's my bad. Uh, sorry about that. Omar Sanchez, Edge Home Finance, edgehomefinance.com. Again, scan that QR code on the screen right now if you have any, again, any mortgage needs. All right, John and Ben hanging out with you guys here on a Monday night. Padres win it over the Rockies 6-5 at core, snapping a 10-game losing streak. That's right, a 10-game losing streak in Denver. As you make your way into the chat, whether it's live or on replay, please consider subscribing that's all we ask if you're a Padres fan is to subscribe and smash the like button for us and follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer at Talking Friars if you want to make sure we get your comment you can hit that super function and if you'd like to support this channel as well with custom emojis and badges and members only content you can become a member by clicking that uh, join button next to the subscribe button down below uh yes uh, where were we we were talking about Cano yeah, so of course he went two, two for three today. Of course he singled off Max Scherzer in his first at bat, right? That's just how this works. People are surprised by that. <laughs> no one should be. Yeah, baseball. Uh, yeah, that's he was. Didn't he? He got off to a pretty good start with the Padres before he tanked it. He's he's playing his former team. He still had the Mets glove on, by the way. Like hmm. you're telling me, he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. Like this guy. He's still like, we got to remember, he was like on the track for the Hall of Fame before he decided to mm-hmm. take steroids. Like, this guy's still a good hitter. He knows what he's doing. It's not a surprise that he's, he had a good game today. Uh, he's just not the same guy that he used to be. Padres had some younger guys to come in. And there you go. That's why that happened. And I said it when he went to El Paso, props to him for doing that. You know, there's, he could have just, you know, waited for another major league deal or retired, but he went down there, mentored CJ for a little bit, Eggy Rosario, Esther Ruiz, good for him, and now he's with the Braves. So, you know, you got to give props to him for going down and wearing those SpongeBob uniforms. You do. I agree with you. You know, in terms of what happens, I mean, we've barely mentioned it. I mean, we've alluded to it. Cronenworth, huge night, offensively and defensively, homering three hits. He's been unbelievable, of course, in his career. You know, Machado now, you think about Thursday and Friday homering. Yeah, the weekend wasn't good for anyone when you look at the scores, obviously. But Machado homers again. That's really encouraging. Nomar Mazzara, two more hits. The top of this lineup, I know you talked about earlier, 
was productive. The bottom of this lineup had C.J. Abrams. That was about it. Uh, Jorge Alfaro had an infield hit in this game, but Abrams had the big hit in this game. You don't win without that three-run home run from C.J. Abrams. Listen, the offense... Alfaro, the Alfaro yeah. hit, by the way, was huge because they won by one run, and he legged out that infield single, and there you go. That, There's the difference. That's right. That's right. Um, and, and I would just say this right now. It's like... There's no elixir. You know, Fernando Tatis Jr. could be because he's capable of being an MVP over the course of 60 games. We've seen it. He could be huge or he may not be because he's coming off a really big wrist injury. And we can't just assume he's going to hit 330 and, you know, drive in 44 in 60 games and hit 15 home runs. That's not inevitable. It might be possible, but it's not inevitable. And like you've talked about as well, I mean, even adding Josh Bell, or I mean, any one piece, there's no guarantee. Any one piece could struggle. Any one piece could get hurt. Any one piece doesn't make the entirety of the lineup. Look at the Angels. So, you know, there's some things here that you're led to believe could help, like Machado getting healthy and Tatis returning and the trade deadline. But at the end of the day, Ben, I think they're going to have to survive on an average to below average offense with good starting pitching. Like that's the formula even in the second half, even if they get to an average offense. I don't know if it's ever going to be, you know, a top 10 offense at any point. And if it's not, how are you going to win? And the way you're going to win is with good starting pitching and hopefully a bullpen that's performed a little better than what we've seen over the last three or four weeks. Yeah. And while you were saying that this team kind of, <laughs> this team <laughs> kind of reminds me of the 2019 nationals, like hmm. really good starting pitching, the potential to have that good bullpen. Juan Soto was amazing, right? That's Manny. Ryan Zimmerman, okay, can Hosmer get hot in the postseason? <laughs> you know, people Jeez. like to bring up that clutch stuff. Uh, they have talented young guys on this team. They also have veterans. Not a ton coming from the catching position. You know, they had Jan Gomes that year. Uh, but they found a way to get it done, and it was led by their starting pitching. And I think the Padres rotation is better than that Nationals uh, rotation. Now, that doesn't matter. They got to compare themselves to the Dodgers because they're going to have to get through the Dodgers uh, at some point. But they right now, I, I feel like they compare to them a little bit uh, right now. Hold on real quick. That Nats 29 rotation, this is your rotation. Strasburg, Corbin, Scherzer. I mean, and that was Strasburg humming. That was yep. Scherzer humming. And Corbin yep. was 14 and 7 with a 3-2. I mean... I I don't know. I mean, I'll give you Musgrove for one of those guys. Absolutely. Darvish? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are Darvish's numbers this year as good as Scherzer's numbers were? Remember, Scherzer wasn't even the number one. Right. Like, is, is Darvish, Scherzer, or Strasburg of 2019? I guess he's capable in the postseason. He, he, has he had, what, two or three bad starts? Yeah. Everything What's else is... Mid three? Mid three yeah, zero? something like that. Everything yeah, else is, good. you know, seven innings, one run. I buy that. I'll give you. I'll give you Darvish. I think Darvish could be successful in the postseason, although his career numbers would indicate otherwise. And then Manaya. I mean, if you, we haven't even mentioned Sean Manaya, by the way, Sean Manaya pitched really well. He pitched really well in this game. Six and a third. Yeah, walked one guy after throwing only five more, five more strikes than he did balls on July fourth. That was at that game. That was a long game to watch. You're not kidding. Hold on, Sam. Um, he says, really, John, come on. Uh, okay, this is for the chat. This is for the chat. Um, so either Strasburg or Scherzer 
as a two or Darvish as a two. The 2019 Strasburg Scherzer as a two or Darvish as a two. I mean, listen, I think Darvish has been good, but the idea that he's been better than Scherzer or Strasburg when they were both healthy, I'd love to see it. Not to mention Strasburg and Scherzer have had success in the postseason. That's something that Darvish has never had. So, again, and Jim's talked about how I like this rotation. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if I'm infatuated with this rotation. I think Snell is capable. We've seen him in the postseason have success. Right now, the only guarantee for me every sixth or seventh day or whatever is Joe Musgrove. The other pitchers have been effective, if not good, if not better than good. But to me, it's not a lights-out rotation. It's a very good rotation led by an ace in Joe Musgrove. I mean, do, do you disagree with that? I mean, or do you agree with that? I think it's a very solid rotation. And I trust Shamanaya. Yes, there have definitely been clunkers. Um, mm-hmm. But I trust Shamanaya probably more than the regular fan might. I think the regular fan might look at those July 4th starts and or the Dodgers start early, earlier this year. Uh, if he can pound the strike zone, I think he can give you a quality start. Maybe they need a, a better than a quality start because of the offense. But, you know, Myers, Tatis, guys are, you know, Profar, guys aren't healthy right now. Um, so that might be a different story. But, uh, yeah, I see Sam's comment here. You know, he loves you, but not he's not 2019 Max or Strasburg. Yeah, Strasburg was amazing. And he got right. a lot of money off of that one year. And now the Nationals are probably regretting that. Mm-hmm. Um, Scherzer, obviously, is Scherzer. You don't need to go into him too much. But Musgrove, I trust him with my life right now. Uh, and Darvish, to be honest, it would be really close. I I, I might trust him yeah, a little fair. bit with my life right now. He's He's been pitching really, really good. And I know you need more than two starters, but you got to remember Nick Martinez out of the bullpen. This guy has been really, really good out of the bullpen mm-hmm. uh, for the Padres. And then, again, I, I trust Shamanaya. Um, Gore. If they give him some rest, I mean, Clev, we got to factor Clev in too. He's been good most of the time this year. Um, you know, obviously that Diamondback start stands out for me. This this rotation, it's not the best in baseball, but it's probably top three. I, I listen, it's not to disparage the Padres' rotation because it's as good as they've had. I would just say that heading into the year, I think that. You know, there were expectations for Blake Snell. He didn't start the year healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, U Darvish, to your point, has been very good. If you took if you took San Francisco out, I'm sure he's sub three. So to be fair, he's been very good. Um, you know, Sean and I, I'm with you. He's a workhorse. I don't know how comfortable I'd be in like a game two or game three. I feel like he's somewhat hittable because of his velocity numbers in general, mm-hmm. but he's a very good pitcher. Don't don't get me wrong. For me, and I hope I'm wrong, I mean, the difference between the 2019 Nationals and the 2022 Padres is not just starting pitching, where maybe they're comparable. I would still give an edge to the Nats, at least their top three. But the difference is Turner, Rendon, Soto. So Trey Turner, Anthony Rendon, Juan Soto for the Nationals in 2019. You can't compare. Now, maybe we can compare. (laughs) Maybe we can hope to compare it when Tatis comes back, when Machado's fully healthy. And depending on what they do at the deadline, they could add a bat that could be impactful. But comparing the Nationals' 2019 second half and run to this Padres team, for me, is a bit far-fetched because the Padres have never swung it the way that team was capable of swinging it and did swing it 
in the second half and in the postseason. Now, again, Machado and Tatis are more than capable, MVP-capable players, no question. But we still have to – I mean, we've seen it from Machado. We need to see it from more than Machado. It's as simple as that. And maybe that's fair or unfair. We haven't seen Tatis. Maybe he'll be amazing. You know what I what I'll say to that too is uh, during that 2019 year, like, did we see that from the Nationals the first half of their season? No, not at all. And they were under 500. They were way worse than this Padres you know? team at this point. And don't get me wrong, for anyone in the chat or anyone you know that doesn't agree with me or anything like that, like, I'm not saying that I think Matthew Batten's going to be Anthony Rendon. <laughs> like, I'm not. We get criticized that, all the time. Don't worry about I'm it. Not, I'm not factoring Matthew Batten into this lineup. I'm mm-hmm. saying when they're healthy, I'm saying. You know, when Manaya's pitching like he did today, like, and the bullpen, that's, you know, when they got guys coming back, I think that's going to be a better comparison. Um, but yeah, when they're healthy, I think it, we definitely have a better picture in this. Yeah, no, I, we'll see. There's a, there's a reason the season is played out over the course of six months and then the postseason is, I mean, there's no guarantees. I mean, look at the Giants and Dodgers last year. Were they better than the Braves? Of course they were through the regular season. Nobody would have said otherwise. Who won the National League and who won the World Series? I mean, there's a lot of factors at play. There's no question about that. And we all know that the Braves did it without one of the best players in the game because baseball, you know, is a team sport. It's not an individual sport. Uh, we're going to continue on here for a few more moments. I do want to remind our viewers about our partner, Aura, ORA.organic, great company. Their co-founder, Will, we just met with him last week. He's in San Diego for a couple of months, in fact. He's a San Diegan. He's got offices for Aura in Liberty Station. Um, great to see Will, the co-founder of Aura, huge Padres fan, San Diegan, uh, loves this team. We spent like two hours just talking about the Padres when we met last week. If you click this Take the Quiz button on the screen, you're getting 30% off your very first order. This is a plant-based nutrition company, which means all of their products, every single one of them, is plant-based and healthy for you. Their products are affordable as well, but if it's probiotics, I take one every single day for digestion or if it's proteins for after workouts or pre-workout supplements or omega-3 oils or sleep supplements or immunity pills, there is literally something for everyone that can improve your health. Uh, It's a great site. You can shop as you watch the wrap-up show. It's ORA.organic, Aura.organic. Again, Will, their co-founders of San Diego, like Omar Sanchez at Edge Home Finance, like Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance, all of the partners we work with support this channel, support our local channel. And uh, support the Padres as well. So if you support this channel, please support our local partners, including Aura at ORA.organic. Uh, ben, what else have we missed here tonight? I feel like there's, there's a lot going on this time of year. Just uh, three weeks to go until the trade deadline. Padres kind of middling right now, trying to go into the All-Star break, playing good baseball. Uh, what did we miss on here tonight? I mean, I want to talk about the one through three hitters. I know I talked about it at the beginning, but... Crony, Manny, and Mazzara tonight. Seven hits, drove in two runs, scored three runs. You know, a main a main player, Mazzara, you know, specifically, obviously we talk about Crony and Manny all the time. But Mazzara, I mean, I keep saying this. Why can't they start this guy every day against lefties as well? Like, he's hitting five for ten off of them this year. If they don't try him against lefties... They're never going to see if he can start hitting lefties again. I know the, the career splits or whatever they look at, they don't like. But, like, you got to give him the chance. Like, you'd rather have Jose Azokar hitting than Nomar Mazzara? Right. That's a good point. That's a very good point. He's hitting over so you're, 300. You're saying, just, you're saying just plug him in and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. At least for the next 
I mean, give them a period of time to do that. You know, let's see if it works out. You know, give him two weeks to do that. Give him three weeks. He's hit. Carlin, sorry. I just saw your comment saying <laughs> that we missed your super. That'll happen. That's my bad. Trying to do a million things at once, as you can imagine. So sorry. And thank you for the super. Thanks for your membership. This $2 super, Ben, is because you are not wearing a white shirt like Jim always wears in the wrap-up show. That is awesome. Yeah, he had one uh, when I went into the studio, too. Yeah, that's all he wears. It's all he wears. It's either a white T-shirt or like a blue T-shirt or a gray T-shirt. Who knows who he's wearing tonight? If you missed it, he's on a date. Um, the rare Monday night date. But with Jim, nothing's really rare because... Feels like he's skipping on out on a lot of these because Ooh, of dates. Ooh, shots fired, folks. Yeah, he misses a lot. He does. Now, he's... <laughs> Here's the thing. I think I'm, he's actually going to fill in. You might want to work with him, Ben, on Wednesday if you're around because I need to pick up my mom from the airport on Wednesday night. She's going to be in town for about a week and a half. So See, that, hang that's, out Jim. that's not being soft. That's priorities. Yeah, I need to pick up my mom who has not seen my son in over a year and lives in Philadelphia. So, <laughs> Right. Yes, I will be picking up my mom for the airport Wednesday night. Um, hopefully the Padres can win. Is it? So it's a four-game set. Is the fourth game a day game? I'm presuming yeah, it is. Yeah, fourth, fourth game is a day game. game, and then they got the three games against Arizona. Remember last year heading into the deadline, and they were playing fine baseball. It wasn't amazing right then and there. Um, I remember I was away uh, that weekend, but I remember watching. Was it Arizona or was it Colorado into the All-Star break? And they lost two of three, whoever it was. You know, they were at home. Yeah. Was it Arizona? I remember, I remember there was one series – that might have been when they got swept earlier before the deadline or before the all-star break, but mm -hmm. they got swept by Colorado. Everyone was freaking out. I guess I'd have to look at the schedule, but I, yeah, I don't know if yeah have, both they years play well going in. They've had pretty similar records these last two years, right? You know, going till right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. I, absolutely. They were very similar a year ago. Do I like the prospects of this of this team more than last year, if I'm being honest? I really do. You know, and I talk about this all the time, radio, YouTube, and you know, I can go through highs and lows like anyone. I do like this team more than last year only because of starting pitching. So I think the starting pitching is vastly improved from what they had last year. And if they get the offense going, there's no scenario in my mind where it ends up like last year where they're 79-83 with this type of starting pitching. Now, we've all been wrong before, but I don't think this team's going 79-83. I just wonder, though, if they can you know, hold off teams like Philadelphia, San Francisco, right? I mean, they just – I wonder if they can play as well in the second half as as well as they play the first six or seven weeks of the year when they have a lot of Dodgers and Giants games still coming up. Right. Yeah, at this point last year, or right before the All-Star break, yeah, they lost two out of three to Colorado – um stammon was pitching yep, in these games mm -hmm. uh yeah they were 53 and 40 and right now so that's 13 games over right now they are what 12 games over so they're pretty much around the same area and tatis was playing in a lot of those games uh and he has not played in one game this year kevin is have you seen jim tweeting over the last like uh 60 minutes or so ben I think Is he was he? tweeting earlier. He was tweeting earlier. He tweeted a couple of things. Like he tweeted something you clipped, right? On Abrams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He like, yeah, he tweets a lot of my videos out. Um, <laughs> he does. Yeah, he said, well, 12 minutes ago, he said, wait, what? I think to your tweet about me coming on today. Dude, come on, Jim. Are you in here? He should be commenting if he's in here. I don't think he's in here. No, he's not going to do that because then he's just going to get dragged. You're on a date and you're commenting on a wrap-up show. 
Well, he's already. Why is he on a date and like on Twitter? <laughs> maybe someone went. Some, someone went to the bathroom. Uh, maybe that's possible. You know, this is a great point from Gil. I think we should spend a little more time on Abrams, um, who's completely untradeable. Okay, he's untouchable. Obviously, um, he's a part of the future of this franchise. There's no question about that. What's his ceiling? We have no idea at this point. Watching him, he's just a youngster who's like blossoming before our eyes. But Abrams has been much more comfortable here in his second stint than he was in his first. And defensively, the guy's brilliant. I mean, he, he can make some really unbelievable plays. Does he show his youth at times? Yeah. How could he not? He has no professional experience. If you look at his career, has he had some bad base running moments? He has. Has he made some great defensive plays? He has. Has he gotten on base with more regularity here recently? He has. And the hit he had today, I mean, it was a smooth stroke. And that ball traveled for forever. Um, so... You know what? No matter what happens in 2022, I think a lot of Padres fans should be high on C.J. Abrams moving forward, regardless of what happens from here on out this year. Yeah, uh, entering today, so far in July, he's hitting 313. Mm. So, yeah, a lot better. Uh, and what I'm it feels like he's just more comfortable, maybe a little more aggressive uh, than he was the first time through. You know, I, I think that's what I'm seeing from him. Uh, fielding. I mean, he made great plays uh, in El Paso when he was down there. Yeah. Made another good play today. Like, the fielding's there. Yeah, sometimes there's some throwing errors. But we saw that with Tatis a lot last year, so we can't complain with that. Uh, I just think he's getting more comfortable, to be honest. Um, Matthew, this is overly optimistic. I kind of want to, like, you know, I'll say this. If they go 6-1 and one into the break, which is 5-1 and one now, maybe I'll buy, like, a new Padres cap. And I have like 17 <laughs> that I've purchased in the last two years, probably. Um, yeah, I hope they do. I really do. But to go five and one with three more games in Denver and then three home games against Arizona, it's possible. I hope it happens. I hope it happens. I wouldn't bet all my money on them going five and one in their last six games, but better chances than heading into tonight when they needed to go six and one because they won game one. Yeah. Yeah. Six and one. Yeah. They, I, that's very optimistic. Um, especially when you don't know totally what you're going to get out of Snell every time out. And remember, this was their first win in 11 games at Coors Field against the Rockies. And uh, they won't have Musgrove during the Arizona series. They'll have him Wednesday, but they won't have him during the Arizona series. Right. Uh, yeah, 6-1, and one, don't think that's going to happen. I, I'd probably be fine with 4-3 and three and be really happy with 5-2. and two. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. 5-2 and two would be awesome. I mean, five and two would be really good. I mean, you could split in Colorado and go five and two if you could sweep Arizona, although it feels like Arizona's due to at some point have a decent game or two against the Padres. So, yeah, five and two would be great. I'm with you. I would take four and three as well. Um, okay, you probably need to get out of here. I probably need to get out of here. Are you are you up against anything here right now, Ben? Nope. Do you have a handful of more minutes? Let's, okay, we can I'm hang good. out for yeah. another 10 or so, guys. Yep. Um, I think this might be the longest. Well, this might end up being one of the longer wrap-up shows we do. We normally do about 55 minutes. Um, again, if you guys are here, uh, we appreciate it. If you subscribe to both this channel and the Talking Friars channel that Ben Fadden runs day in and day out for Padres fans, please smash the like button for us as well. Follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer at Talking Friars. If you want to make sure we get your comment and if you want to support this channel and Ben's channel as well, you can use the super uh, the way to do a super chat is click the dollar sign down below. And also, if you want custom emojis and badges and members-only content, you can click that join button down below as well. 
And thank you guys for the uh, kind words. Thank you, Josh, for hanging out. Um, John and Ben, no, Jim will be back from three to six. Jim will be back. The one thing Jim is good for a day is he does not miss the show. Um, but he will miss this show, but he will not miss his radio show. Um, so I'm trying to think what else uh, is going on here. You saw the quotes from Stammen, though, about like, hey, he hopes to pitch again this year. Again, I mean, that's of no consequence to the Padres' success in the second half of the year. And I kind of hope that they get healthier from the system with the Morahones and the Castillos, maybe make a move at the back end of their bullpen as well. So they're not going to need Craig Stammen in the no. second half of the year. No. Um, what I will say is I, I kind of admire and hate it at the same time when he's telling Kevin AC that I was hiding the shoulder injury and not telling anyone. Like, There's a lot of games where he gave up home runs, and we don't know if the shoulder was hurting then. So you would have liked him to tell, uh, you know, the trainers and all that. But at the same time, you kind of admire him, you know, going out there and, you know, trying because he knows his role. He knows that he's probably not going to be pitching in high leverage situations. I know he pitched in that high leverage situation at Dodger Stadium last weekend or whatever, or a couple week last couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like pretty much game, all. Right? Yeah. And opening day, like those are the two high leverage situations yep. you're going to see him in. Uh, he knows his role. With that said, you're telling me that a bad shouldered Craig Stammen, uh, you get that. Uh, would that be better than Reese Kinnear up here? I don't think so. Is that better than activating Adrian Morahone? I don't think so. I still don't understand why Jose Castillo's not up. Michelle Baez seems like he's making progress. Like, if he would have told the trainers, you know, a couple weeks ago if this is accurate, and he told Kevin Acey this, so I assume it is. They could have had some probably more effective arms up here. Yeah, no doubt. No, I agree with that. I do. Uh, I think they'll be fine with bullpen arms. I do think they need some one additional high leverage pitcher, if not more than that, to be honest with you. They need to find an additional high leverage pitcher. They need to hold small leads um, because they're not going to score 10 runs every game. And when they have 4-2 leads and 3-1 leads and 3-2 leads, it's the seventh inning. They need to have bridges, seventh, eighth, ninth. And you know, they, at moments this year, they've had guys to complete that trio of innings. And other times, they've had some leads that they've lost. Um, this is an interesting question here from AC Diamonds. That's what I'm wondering, too. Where would Abrams play when Tatis and Cronenworth are on the field? No, they have plenty of room because Cronenworth can play first base, you know, and Abrams can play second base. And Tatis, by the way, can play outfield. And Tatis can DH. And Tatis will not play every day at short this year. It's just not going to happen. So even if you play some time at short, that leaves some time for Abrams. If you play some time in center, that leaves some time for Abrams. If he DHs, that leaves. So I think they're they're fine with playing Abrams, Tatis, and Cronenworth at the same time, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, and we got to also remember Voight and Hosmer, they have reverse splits this year. So if there's a lefty on the mound, you put Hosmer as the DH. If there's a righty on the mound, you can put Voight as the DH. Mm. Like That's what can happen. You have Manny at third, Tatis at short, Abrams at second, Crony at first. And then my ideal outfield, uh, when Myers comes back, is probably like Mazzara, Ruiz, and uh, Myers right now. Like, probably. Just try that. Uh, and that, that's a better line. Alfaro catching, obviously, most days. I know Musgrove likes Nola, but most days having Alfaro catch, that's a much better lineup than what they had this past weekend where, you know, you had bat or Friday night, right? You had Batten in left field hmm. for the city next day and Azokar and Grisham. You know, not playing Mazzara every day, I still don't understand that, like I've already mentioned. 
uh, that's how I would line that out. Who's tomorrow? Is it Clevenger tomorrow? Uh, yes. Clevenger okay, so- against uh, Austin Gomber, I believe. Okay, so Clevenger will go in game two of the series tomorrow. Um, he, like you said, he's had some very good moments. We'll see if he can give him length because he's kind of stretched out at this point where they're not overly concerned with his pitch counts or innings. So hopefully he can give him five-plus innings tomorrow. And you just you don't know what you're getting into, obviously, with games um, at cores. I will say this before we wrap. Um, you know, listen, I don't know what options there are to spell Taylor Rogers in the short or long term. I know there are options. You know, I know there's guys – um, there are closers that will be available. I would have said Baltimore's closer, but Baltimore's red hot. So there's, there are going to be closers that are available. There will be high leverage eighth inning guys that will be available. Um, and if you think about the way they molded Taylor Rogers, it was a little bit unconventional. Yeah, he had closed before, but he was not a primary closer for the entirety of his career. He had a half season or a full season, and they put him into that role, and it worked really well for two months, and it's been really bad for the last six weeks, but I wouldn't discount AJ Preller's ability to find that pitcher that can outperform Taylor Rogers at the trade deadline. Because I feel like if Preller's done well in one area during his tenure, it's with closers. So I wouldn't be shocked if they put their foot back into that well and try to acquire someone that could pitch some ninth innings for them. Because this isn't, but I don't see it as sustainable, Ben. I don't know how he regains form. It's just like at this point, it's like every time it's on the mat, I'm just crossing my fingers and, and kind of hoping. Yeah, what we saw at the beginning of the year with him, he was throwing fastballs up, right, in the zone pretty he well. Mm-hmm. And he obviously not hanging the breaking balls. He Those breaking balls were down. The slider was down. Wasn't hitting guys in the foot like he did in that Arizona game. So if he gets back to that, he'll be better. Uh, but like I mentioned earlier, I think Chris Matt, going to Chris Matt, trying it before the deadline, see how that goes. Because, yeah, I think Chris Matt, he's great pitching multiple innings. He can still pitch multiple innings and go the eighth and the ninth, you know, like, and Robert Suarez will come back at some point. Um, I I don't want to try Garcia in that role. I don't really trust him to do that. Uh, But maybe they want Chris Matt to be pitching in the closer role where it's not the ninth inning, but it's the Andrew Miller type role where it's, you're just pitching against the best batters, whether that's the seventh inning or the eighth inning or the ninth inning. Um, You know, Nick Martinez, him and Gore, like, those are interesting to me. Like, what do they do with Gore? To be honest, for me, like, through the All-Star break, I would rest McKenzie. Like, don't even pitch him. Just give him an extended rest right now. Um, you can have a spot start if you want. You can bring up uh, someone from the minors or have Reese Kinnear start that uh, and then have Chris Matt throw or Martinez throw after him or have Martinez start a game. Um, that's what I would do with Chris or with uh, Gore right now and then Martinez – he could be maybe one of those Andrew Miller type roles later in the year instead of piggybacking guys. If Clev can show that he's consistent, or if Snell can show that he can be a little bit consistent, maybe you go with that path. So there's still some internal options. The the, the I'll say this: the lineup. That's obviously everyone's going to focus on that. Sure. And it's definitely worth it to focus on that. Totally understand why people would focus on that. Um, but the bullpen. It feels like Preller is going to get someone there because, like I mentioned with the payroll, there's not a lot of room to add a position player. So if he can't get something done, kind of like last year where he probably thought he had the Hosmer deal done, and that's why he traded for Frazier, if he can't get something like that done this year, maybe he just goes with a little bit of bullpen there and tries to find 
you know, dump a contract, Lamette, and try to find a cheaper outfielder. Potentially. I mean, that sounds a little bit like Frazier, Hudson, Marisnik. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's not sexy. I will say this. If they didn't have the internal strife last year, I think things are different. So this year, I actually think, to your point, I think you could go with that route and they're not going to be like, oh my gosh, how did they only acquire, and again, I'm making it up, that caliber of player and pitcher. You're not going to hear, they're going to play behind Bob Melvin. There's not going to be some type of animosity between the front office and the players and the coaching staff and the players. It's just not going to happen. If they're, if they're not good enough, they're not good enough. That, that's possible because it's professional baseball at the highest level, but you know, whatever A.J. Preller is able to do, Bob Melvin's going to be okay with. I think Bob Melvin, if you listen to him day in and day out, like you do, Ben, and like I do, I, I think he's kind of telling the front office, like, we we need we need some more. I, I know you're not going to bring us Juan Soto or Mike Trout, but we really probably – this needs to be rounded out. Um, and we'll see what that means. What does rounding this out mean? We're going to find out over the course of the next 20 days. Um, Alex, thank you for the super – uh, Alex says, I doubt the O's would give him up, but I love Jorge Lopez. I'm with you, Alex. I mean, unless they go on a slide, which is possible, there's still enough time. I mean, if Baltimore reverts to form like the last 10 years and goes 5-15 and 15 over the next 20 games, they'd punt on it maybe. But, I mean, Baltimore right now is playing good baseball, so I don't know. But I, I do know this when it comes to relievers, Ben. There's, there'll be a couple of dozen that probably could help. And they'll be in on at least a few of them, and they'll probably land one or two of them, and it won't be overly costly. Yeah, he's making like one and a half million this year. So, yeah, he's one of those, you know, low cost guys. But to that point from Alex, like, so are a lot of other teams. They love Jorge Lopez, you know, and so are the Padres going to be willing to give up, you know, a top prospect or something? I don't know. I don't know his like full contract situation. Um, let me see here. It doesn't look. I don't think he's a free agent at the end of the season. He probably has multiple years of control, but yeah, it's a good option, but there's going to be a lot of other teams that are going to be interested in that as well. Before we get out of here, did the uh, scores around the NL West, did the Giants lose or not? Giants are down four to three in the ninth right now. Okay. So they're down bottom nine with a man on. I want to say nobody out. Um, I have not have, what's the deal with the Dodgers. I haven't been paying attention today. Did they play today? They didn't play today. Okay, so Padres are seven and a half back. They gained a half game for whatever it's worth. And the Dodgers and play St. Louis in St. Louis tomorrow. Okay, so maybe a chance for the, you know, we'll see. I don't know if it's better if the Dodgers are winning those games or the Cardinals. I don't know if we're even at that point yet, but you get my point. There's a lot of teams in contention for playoff spots, including St. Louis. Um, all right, Ben, before we get out of here, uh, can you tell our viewers again that are here live or on replay how they can connect with you everywhere, YouTube, social media, with all the work you're doing day in, day out. Yep, Talking Friars on YouTube, uh, at Talking Friars on Twitter for the bullpen usage charts, pregame show links, uh, show links, uh, video clip links, um, the game highlights. I know a lot of people love that. Lowlights as well. I, I post stuff that other you know main sites, main publications, they don't post. Uh, so hopefully you guys enjoy that. Uh, I also have Instagram, TikTok, all that. I, I love communicating with fans i try to get back to everyone that you know replies to me or uh wants to talk so feel free to hit me up there uh and yeah feel free to give me your thoughts uh on youtube in the comments whenever i put out videos of content that you want to see i know i'm sure john and jim want that as well for any ideas i know the trade deadline's coming up so 
players you might be interested in. I know that I have two trades right now uh, that kind of stand out to me. I don't have them on hand right now, but there's two players. Brandon Drury's one of them, and I'm blanking on the other guy, but uh, two trades where they're not making a lot of money. So if you feel like you can identify any other players like that, feel free to send it uh, our way. Great stuff, man. Really appreciate you hanging out tonight. Again, thank you for uh, your support of this channel. And again, we are huge supporters of Ben Fadden and Talking Friars. So if you're looking for even more Padres content, you know, this is, uh, this is, there's a lot to go around. I mean, whether it's Ben, whether it's us, there's a lot of people in this space. Uh, we support uh, most everyone in this space, um, but kind of primarily Ben Fadden. So keep up the good work, Ben. Uh, I do want to remind our viewers again, if you are here live, please subscribe and smash the like button. If you're here on replay, you can hit that thanks button for us as well. Great way to support this channel. Please support our partners, Mark Nimitz at Farmers Auto Home Renters Life Earthquake Insurance. He's your guy. He can save you $750 per year or more on your insurance. There's a link down below for Mark Nimitz, ORA.organic. Our uh, buddy Will is their co-founder. You can save 30% off your very first order by uh, clicking the Take the Quiz button down below for Aura, plant-based nutritional products, stuff for literally everyone. Then there's Omar Sanchez at Edge Home Finance. If you have mortgage needs, please go with Omar Sanchez at Edge Home Finance. Scan that QR code up above right now, and he can um, he can get you everything you need for your dream home or to refinance as well. Anything you need related to your home, please let Omar Sanchez and other San Diegan help. And also there's a link for Omar's website down below. All right, I'm just going to click on a couple of these on the way out. Um, were you talking about nobody's but Bednar is not coming back, right? He's not coming back. Were you talking about Bednar? No, he's no, no, no. Bednar's not named. No, yeah, he's not coming back. I think um, it was another position player. Yeah, and I agree with iOS guy. It hurts a lot less that you get Musgrove in a deal for Bednar. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you, Matthew. Appreciate that. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out here tonight. Again, we'll be back tomorrow night. Game two of this series. Theoretically, Jim will be back or he'll be on a date. Um, ben, thank you. And for Ben, I'm John. And this is the wrap-up show presented by Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. Have a good night, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.